Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Saudi Arabia and Iran are currently fighting the largest ground war in human history. Are they truly fighting in the deserts of Baghdad over oil or culture? Or are they fighting for alien artifacts buried underneath the hot, unforgiving sand? And then we travel to the still smoldering crater formerly known as Boise, Idaho. A miniature nuclear bomb was detonated. We know that for sure. The question is, was the North Koreans behind it? Or was it an inside job perpetrated by President Jeb Bush? And then I'm going to tell you guys a secret. A secret I've been holding in since I started the show. But it will all be revealed today on the 7th anniversary special of the Dead Rabbit Podcast. Me little freaked out. No, me lot freaked out. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dead Rabbit Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great life. I hope you guys are having a great life too. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, a lot of world events that are going on right now, and it really seems like things are falling apart. But I gotta get the big story out of the way first. And yes, the, the nuking of Idaho is a big story, I get that. And and the, 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 the war in the Middle East is, is rough for the people over there, but I'm sure I have a few listeners in Iraq. We are actually... We topped it. Hey, Jamie, can you pull those stats up? Yeah. Looking, if, you, if you're watching this on video, if you're watching on the uh, deadrabbit.com actual live feed, you can see our stats here. We are now, as of today, took us seven years to get here, but we are now the number one podcast in the world. We've really blown it out. Daily podcasts are really hard to get a lot of good ratings on, but look, look at those stats. If you can see them, if you can't see them on the video, it's $9.99 a month. You can subscribe to the video feed, but you know, you, you kind of get the gist of it, right? Number one podcast in the world. Now, I started this podcast back on October 1st, 2012. And it seemed to come out of the blue. I know a lot of people were like, whoa, what gave you the inspiration to start this podcast? Like, it just kind of came out of the right time. Like, you just seemed to know what was going to happen. I was covering conspiracies that weren't even conspiracies yet. And you guys have always wondered how I got the scoop, how I knew what was coming. Well, you know what? It's time to tell the truth. On the seventh anniversary of the Dead Rabbit podcast, I have decided to tell you the truth. This isn't my first go-round. So, I am from before the reset. This was a conspiracy theory that hasn't popped up in this timeline. This is going to get a little complicated, but I'm from, for lack of a better word, another timeline. You see, I previously started this show in 2018. And I maybe had like 305, 306 episodes under my belt. And there was a conspiracy theory that was going around since June of 2019 that on October 1st, 2019, time would reset back to October 1st, 2012. And it was utter nonsense. It was such a ridiculous conspiracy theory. I really didn't cover it at the time. I just thought this is stupid. Now, I did get a YouTube comment from a user. It's funny that I even remember this stuff because it's really been seven years for me, but I got a YouTube comment from a user named Fin Furnest? Furnest? Not like furnace, like like burning, but like fern, like a plant. Fern goalie. Est? Anyways, 
Thank you for the retroactive. I don't even know if he listens to this version. Of course he listens to the show. It's huge. Hey, Jamie, can you see if Furness still listens to the show? Okay, cool. Thank you. See if you can look that up. So anyways, I saw this conspiracy theory. I was following it on 4chan. But I was following it on 4chan, and it kind of bled over in other parts of the internet. And the reason why I didn't cover it was it talked a lot about, like, I had a bunch of Bible quotes out of context, which is kind of my least favorite thing to research, because it'll be like, read Ecclesiastes 19, and it'll be like, the plum fell off the tree. And they're like, this means that time is is a plum or something like that. It's always nonsense whenever they involve Bible verses out of context. And I didn't cover it for another reason. Well, also, I didn't think it was true. And <laughs> look at me now. Number one podcast got all this stuff. But th- there was a key point to this conspiracy theory. It was that some, only some people would remember the original timeline. And a lot of the most popular conspiracy theories involve some sort of power fantasy. A lot, sometimes it's just as basic as the person who believes in the conspiracy theory has some hidden knowledge. With gang stalking, the power comes from you are so important, the government wants to find out about you. With 9-11, I think, is we know the truth. Again, it kind of goes back to that thing. But some conspiracy theories actually have it built into them that you are special. So when people, when leading up to October 1st, this was really gaining traction because one, a lot of people are, are not happy with their current lives. I was fine with my current life. I really was. Things were going great for me. But the only thing I'd ever really want to change is I started the podcast earlier. And lo and behold, the conspiracy was true. Time actually reset. And I know this is blowing your guys' mind because I'm a skeptic about a lot of stuff. And I've held this story in for seven years. I wanted to wait. Until the it came back. This is based on some sort of Jewish holiday thing. Apparently there's a thing called the Shemitah, which is a period of seven years. And for whatever reason, the period from 2012 to 2019 had a glitch in it or something like that. There's a couple of Bible verses about prunes that explain it better than I could. But there was a special date called Yom Terah, which is another Jewish day, holiday, something like that. I guess I've had seven years to research it and I haven't really looked into it. But it was September 30th, October 1st. Caused the switch, and again, I, I totally didn't buy into it at all. But it happened. And I mocked people openly on this thing. Well, I didn't openly do it. I would just read comments and go, this is stupid. This is a stupid conspiracy theory. And then, bam, seven years. I travel back in time seven years. I wake up in my bed on October 1st. I'm one of the few lucky ones that was able to retain my memory. I got up out of my bed, hooked my microphone up, recorded the first episode of the Dead Rabbit podcast. A couple other things have changed for me. A couple of things have changed for a lot of people, actually. Jamie, hey, Jamie, you know that guy, uh, you know Joe Rogan? You know that guy? No, no, he was that guy who did a bunch of DMT and got Cher in a headlock. Yeah, 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 you remember him? You used to work for that dude in my timeline. You worked for him. He had a podcast. He had a podcast. I think he's doing like five to ten right now in Folsom, but you used to work for him. Also, you guys know that I've had this long-lived love affair with Britney Spears. In my timeline, that didn't happen. I was picking up women at bars. And here I am with my beautiful wife, Britney, and can't have my beautiful wife, Britney, without my son, Mungo. Mungo Jr., come in here. Come in here, Mungo Jr. Yes, Daddy? What do you want? Mungo. Is that how someone named Mungo would talk? Uh, Daddy, what want? That's much better, Mungo Jr. That's much, much better. I can't understand you unless you speak Mungo. You understand that. So, imagine a timeline where I don't have those things. That was the timeline I came from. Now, some of you guys probably do remember the timeline switch. 
And if you do, you've probably been waiting for me to make this announcement this whole time. I guess you probably didn't know that I remembered this timeline switch, but time actually did reset. The biggest conspiracy that ever affected me was actually true. October 1st, 2019, in my original timeline, I switched back seven years to present to you this, the seventh anniversary... Oh no, time! Something's happening with time. Oh no, I think I'm getting warped back to my original time zone. No! Brittany! No, where are you going? You're turning to dust! No! Jamie! Jamie, look out! Don't, don't work for him! He'll probably get you in a chokehold at some point. No, no. Mungo Jr., come here. Mungo, Mungo Jr., come here. Daddy? Will you tell me at least once you love me? Mungo, Mungo, you know I can't understand you unless you talk Mungo. Uh, me not know if you truly love. I guess we'll never know what Mungo Jr. was trying to say in his final moments. Let's go ahead and take the rabbit rowboat to Japan. Now, yesterday's episode in the original timeline... I talked about, as I wiped Mungo dust off of my pants, but anyway, so yesterday, in 2019, October, September, whatever, the timeline's going to be wacky for a while, I had this seductor special and I ran out of time for the story of the woman in the hollow boat, so we're going to talk about that right now, so let's hop on in our dead rabbit rowboat, we're actually going to row over there, and you see I'm a little sullen as I'm rowing, and you're like, do you miss, do you miss Mungo, and I'm like, nah, he's kind of a nerd. Like, do you miss Brittany? Oh, immensely, I miss her. What do you miss most about the old timeline, you ask? Put the oars away. Turn my back to you. And I look calmly out in the ocean for a long time. You're just staring at the back of my head. Deep in thought. And you go, Jason, do you have an answer? And I turn around and go, what? Sorry, I forgot what we were talking about. And then I start rowing again. And you'll never be entirely for sure, if I'm being honest, that I don't remember what you were talking about, or if there was something that I truly miss from my old life. Splash. Splash. Water cresting over the boat. Now things are a little awkward, and we're just quiet as we row from Oregon to Japan. And you're like, this this is not a comfortable boat ride. No singing sea shanties. Just me rowing, looking out of the ocean, looking past you, looking through you. You're thinking, this... This is kind of creepy. This podcast has become creepy. But anyways, now we're nearing Japan. The year is 1803. The specific date is February 22nd. And we're in Hitachi, Japan. And there's a bunch of fishermen just chilling on the beach, right? Smoking little cigarettes. I'm assuming, did they have tobacco over there? Did all that stuff come from South America? What were the Japanese smoking that whole time? I guess by 1803, they had tobacco. Bunch of Japanese fishermen sitting on the beach. Smoking cigarettes. And they see a boat in the distance. Not ours. Not ours. Not the dead rabbit boat. We're invisible. We, they see this boat floating. It's fairly big. I mean, I'm not a boat guy, but this sounds big. It's 10 feet high, 17 feet wide. And it basically is like a big old circle with like a diamond bottom and like a, a top. They, cons- they compared it to a rice cooker or an incense burner. But anyways, as the fishermen are fighting over, no, 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 that looks like a rice cooker. Nah, you idiot, that looks like an incense cooker. And they're like starting to fight, they're starting to wrestle. The boat crashes onto shore. And they walk up to it, 
And they notice that the bottom of the boat is covered in brass plates. And they're like, that makes sense. We'll protect it from crashing on the rocks, which is what it just did. Very, very well-designed ship. They see some strange writing on the side of it, all over it. And they're like, oh, that's weird. I don't re- It's not Japanese. Therefore, it's strange, which is pretty much what they said. And then they pop the top off. They're like, I told you it was like a rice cooker. As they're turning it, steam shoots out. And inside is a bunch of like, you remember the show I Dream a Genie? And it was like all plush inside of her bottle, like the satin pillows and like drapes and stuff like that. To my eight listeners who are over the age of 40. How come they haven't turned that into a movie? I Dream a Genie. They should turn that into a movie. Starring, dude, The Rock as the major in the military, and then Kevin Hart as the genie. Tell me you would not want to see a two-inch tall Kevin Hart. Now, he doesn't have to wear, like, the, the bikini bottom thing, the, you know, like, the sexy genie outfit. Be pretty funny, though, if he did. He, I, I, every show should, they should do, they should do the Flintstones with, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Fred, Kevin Hart is Barney Rubble. They should just reboot all of those movies with them in it. Call me, Hollywood. That's me. I just put Kevin Hart and Rock. I don't watch them in any... I, I've never seen them in a movie together, but they just look hilarious when they stand next to each other. And two-inch Kevin Hart wouldn't even need special effects for that. So let's go ahead and get back to the story here. Weird language, diamond-shaped boat, bunch of plush stuff in here. And they find a bunch of water, some food, and a beautiful maiden. 4.9 feet tall. Man, they were really into the measurements in this story. If I ever ran into an alien, I'll be like, yeah, it's maybe three, four feet tall. I wouldn't be able to specifically say he was 4.9 feet tall. But she's a beautiful maiden, so you're going to pay attention to the details. 18 to 20 years old, based on how she looks. You're starting, okay, so that should be your first clue of where this story's going. 18 to 20 years old. She hops out of the boat. They help her out of the boat. Most likely, she's not a rabbit. She's not like, boing, jumps out. She has red hair with white extensions in it. And, and extremely beautiful clothes of an unknown origin. Unknown material. They know where the clothes came from. A seamstress. But they don't know where the material is. Now, she is speaking a language they can't understand. So they're just kind of talking on the beach. Checking this chick out. And she's talking, and they're just like, mm-hmm, yeah, whatever you say, honey. And she's holding this box. This box, okay, what is it about the measurements, bro? The box is like 24 inches wide or long, and then fairly deep. I don't know, maybe 24 inches, too. It doesn't matter. They didn't tell me that, or I didn't write it down. But anyway, she's holding this box. And the dudes are like, can we see it? Now, they can't understand each other, but whenever they go to reach for the box, she, like, shyly, coyly, like, Mm-mm, nah, boys, can't touch my box. Oh, that came out bad. But anyways, the fishermen take her to the local city. She goes to the city. She stays there for a while, and people are admiring her. She's extremely beautiful. And she has pale skin. I guess I should have said that, too. Because she looked different than everyone else in Japan. And she's there with her box, and people keep asking to see what's in the box. What's in the box? And she's like, mm-mm-mm-mm. And so, eventually, they go, we, you know what we should do? Let's go talk to the wisest man in town. Let's go talk to this old dude. He will know what we should do with this woman. Nobody knew where she came from, what, what was in the box. They didn't know. So, they go to, this is my favorite part of the story. Supposedly true story, by the way. It's, re, it's been reported throughout Japanese history. We'll get to that in a second, though. But, 
Anyways, they go to this Japanese dude, this old Japanese man. They're climbing up the stairs to his mountain fortress. It's like cold winter day. There's snow everywhere. I don't know. I made those details up. They just go visit the old man. And he's sitting there and he's smoking his pipe. And this is a quote from one of these stories. I love this. Now, I'm going to read you this quote, but this old man is guessing. I just want to let you know. He, he has as much information as everyone else in the village. They go and they ask him, what should we do about that hot redhead over there? And he, and he looks over there and he goes, this is his quote. This woman could be a princess of a foreign realm who married at her homeland. But when she had an affair with the townsman after marriage, it caused a scandal. Ooh, the crowd's like, oh no. And the lover was killed for punishment. The princess was banned from home. Again, total guessing. Totally guessing on the stuff. For she enjoyed lots of sympathy. So she escaped the death penalty. I'm glad he's turned into Yoda all of a sudden. Instead, she might have been exposed in that Utsuro Boon, which I should have told you, that's the name of the story. Utsuro Boon, it means hollow boat. To leave her to destiny. If this should be correct, totally guessing, by the way. He's looking around, he's like, don't take me seriously. But if this should be correct, the quadratic box, which, what, is a square? Just say it's a box, bro. The quadratic box may contain, wait for it. So he, does, he doesn't know if any of this stuff is true. At all. But he's just wove this story. He's, this dude must be stoned out of his mind. Sees a redhead with a box and he goes, bro. What if, and tells the story, and then he goes, the quadratic box may contain the head of the deceased woman's lover. In the, this is an interesting part. That was interesting too, but I find this part fascinating. In the past, a very similar object with a woman was washed ashore on a close by beach. During this incident, a small board with a pinned head was found. The content of the box could therefore be the same. Which would certainly explain why she protects it so much. Or it could just be none of your business what's in the box. It would cost lots of money and time to investigate the woman and her boat. There we go. He's now been outed as Scrooge McDuck. It would cost lots of money and time to investigate the woman and her boat. So I'll just make stuff up. I don't want to spend my money. Since it seems to be tradition to expose those boats at sea. I love this part. This part. Again, great. This whole this old man is incredibly entertaining. So he just wove this tale, no proof whatsoever. I think it's interesting he says this has happened before and we found a head, but that story is never really elaborated on. So he might have just been making that up too. He might have, he might have been telling people this and everyone's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, uh, uh, this happened before, remember? And they're like, no, it didn't. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, it happened before. Here, smoke a little bit of my pipe. And they're like, oh yeah, dude. It happened before. So, it would cost lots of money and time to investigate the woman in her boat. Since it seems to be the tradition to expose those boats at sea, we should bring the woman back to the Atsuro Boon and let her drift away. Sits back. Takes a couple hits of his pipe. Townspeople are like, are you saying that we should put her back in the... He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's going to cost too much money and time to figure out who she is. Just put her back in the boat. So they drag this woman back to the beach, throw her in the boat, and kick it out into the ocean. The end. 
what? That story is hilarious. Because if he's right, and it is a tradition of where she comes from, that you cast your criminals who can't be executed into a boat, basically give them a death sentence at sea, cast the boat out, and then that's what their people do. We should do that as well. There's a very high chance that there's a head in a box. We should honor the traditions of her people by doing this. Plus, it costs a lot of money to figure out if I'm wrong. But if he's wrong, and this woman was like an es- escaped, or she this was some sort of weirdo life raft, or she was just joyriding and got lost, they put her in a boat and kicked it back out in the ocean and she died. And even if he is right, sh- the only thing she did wrong was seduce, that's why it was part of yesterday's episode, was seduce a young man, and he got his head chopped off. She got put in a boat. So why is that just in any way, shape, or form? Oh yeah, her people do it. Just kick her off in the boat. Now, this was reported in three different, depending on the terminology, some people, some websites call these newspapers, some people call these, like, journals or books. This was reported in three different journals or newspapers. One one of them is called The Stories of the Garden of Rabbits, which makes me think it's like fables and stuff like that. So, not much credibility. The second one is an interesting one because it sounds a little more non-fictional. Diaries and Stories of Castaways. So that actually sounds... It could be fictional, but it could actually... This is considered... Histo- There's been some pushback recently about the story not being true. For the longest time, this was considered a historical event. The last one, I really, really hope, is a newspaper. I would read this newspaper every single day. I would enjoy reading the news more than anything. There is a... I'm going to call it a newspaper because I really hope it's a newspaper. It's called Peach Powder. That would be adorable. I'm like, oh, it's 17 killed during bombing raid. Oh, peach powder. It, the, co- the pages the pages are all like peach colored. That would be adorable. I could read the worst news in a newspaper called Peach Powder. But anyways, it's probably actually like teen bop for 1800s Japanese girls. They're like, ooh, I can't wait to see who's the newest the heartthrob. It's like a wood carving of this dude named Akira Haishomi. He's just like a dude. It's all like this ugly wood carving. <laughs> anyways, anyways, it's a pinup poster. You're like having to carve it yourself. Like, oh, you're so handsome. <laughs> anyways, so that's the story of Atsuro Boon. Means hollow boat. Now, it's funny because she, let's go back a bit. They say she's 18 to 20 years old. I find that detail fascinating because right there, that should kind of start shooting down some of the weirder conspiracy theories. If this story's true, some people say she most likely was from Russia, which is fairly close to Japan. People have said she could have been a Russian princess. Some people have used the term American princess, which they don't exist. Oh, Britney Spears. But I mean, for the most part, they're not real. But Russian princess, she may have been royalty. It may have been an escape attempt, may have been a castaway. Again, if their story's true, people have tried coming up with things about that. The people who are pushing back on this are saying there's several cities or provinces named in these stories that don't exist and never existed. So they don't think it's true at all. They think it's a fable. But other people have said, well, okay, maybe that particular place didn't exist, but there's enough other historical information that it did exist. So there's a lot of debate. But the weirdest stuff is space aliens. You'll see websites on this, and I have one of them on my show notes, that this is one of the first encounters of space aliens, like, meeting humans, which is utterly ridiculous. Like, that was actually how I found out about the story, because I was like, oh, space aliens landed on Japan in the 1800s, I gotta read this. Reading the story, I'm like, there's nothing here that insinuates aliens whatsoever. When's the last time you heard an alien short? Yes, 4.9 feet tall, short. 
fine. That's fine. That's alien. Unless you happen to be that height, and then it's totally normal. But you know what I mean? Like, you do describe aliens as, like, being short. But when's the last time someone says, yeah, you know, the gray hopped out of his spaceship. He had that laser rifle slung around his shoulder. He looked to be about 18 to 20 years old. Like, this was obviously a human woman. But the fact that she showed up in a bizarre-looking boat, people go, oh, that must be a UFO. If it was a UFO, one, it wouldn't just slowly bob through the water until it crashed into a bunch of rocks in front of Japanese sailors. The weird markings, I mentioned this earlier too, the weird markings, people go, "Mm, weird markings? Sounds alien to me. Yes, alien to the country of Japan. That was actually, that's another interesting theory. There was a, because Japan had recently cut off contact to the Western world around this point, there was a theory that she was a spy. Which she would be a really bad spy if she couldn't speak Japanese, but there was an idea that she was a spy. There's also other versions of the story where, um, there's one version of the story where she doesn't get kicked back into the ocean. She stays and she marries somebody. But the, uh, the other two were she gets kicked into the ocean. And that ending's funnier anyways. So if it was a UFO, it's not going to just smash against a bunch of rocks. It's not going to be made out of wood with brass bottom to it. That's kind of ridiculous. And I'm not a huge fan of the movie E.T., but I'm pretty sure the ending of that, he didn't get back on his ship and then they just push it into the water and it floats away. Like, if it was a UFO... As they were pushing it back, first off, she would have just been able to, like, use alien powers to not get put back in the boat. But they kick it back into the ocean, and then it would bob around a bit and then fly away. So, obviously not a UFO for multiple reasons that I pointed out. The fact that she has a box no one can look into, that's part of the mystery. The fact that no one can understand her. The fact that there's weird writing on the boat, and the fact the boat is oddly shaped is what UFOologists hang their hat on. And all of those things are easily explainable. The boat was weird shaped because it came from a weird country, the <laughs> like Russia. The language was weird because it wasn't Japanese. The woman had a the woman didn't understand him because she didn't speak Japanese. And what was in the box is a mystery. Don't know if it was a head or not. You think if it was a head, she would have just tossed it out of the out of the boat at some point. I mean, I don't care how much you love somebody, you're not going to carry their head around in a box unless you're like super crazy. But I guess being in a boat by yourself going across the sea might make you crazy. But why would you carry around the head of your executed lover? Because at that point, it's all just skull and and gooey meat and stuff like that. Disgusting. That's not romantic. So, but, but what was in the box? We don't know. Maybe if she opened up the box, there was a smaller box. He opened up that box. There was a smaller box. He opened up that box. Smaller box. (laughs) Maybe it was just boxes all the way down. I don't know. Maybe the oh, maybe it was Pandora's box. Maybe it was the patent for Pandora, the streaming service. She was a time traveler from the time reset. We don't know. That is interesting enough. You don't need to throw aliens into everything. Oh, alien, UFO, crash. It's just a woman in a boat. It's a woman in a weird boat. It's a hot chick who crashes in Japan, who meets an old man and gets thrown back in the boat. That story's fascinating enough. You don't need E.T. showing up to make that story any more interesting. What's in the box? I, I, If I met a woman and she had a quadratic box and I kept asking her what's in the box and she would never show it to me, I would just assume that what was in the box was some embarrassing feminine hygiene products or she was one of those weird cryptids that you hear about when you're kids or one of those old legends about like the girl with the ribbon around her neck. She had the pretty bow around her neck and she goes, don't ever take it off me. Don't ever take it off me. And one day her boyfriend like pulled the ribbon and her head rolled off. That story scared me as a child. I would assume it was something like that. I would assume, like, if I ever met a woman in real life, I'm being totally honest, if I met a woman in real life, she said, never look in that box. 
I'm not going to assume that in the box is like hygiene products really, or that it's like love letters from her, like the guy she's cheating on me with. I'm going to assume if I open that box, her head will fall off. So to be honest, I'm pretty easy guy to keep secrets from. Just tell me, don't, don't go through my cell phone. Don't look at who I'm texting. My head might fall off. I'm like, okay, honey. I have no other way to end this episode. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.